Can I ask you, please, just to open your Bible with me in Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be reading from verse 5 to verse 13. How many of you have your Bible with you? Raise, raise your Bible. Like, how many of you have like, your Bible? Raise your Bible. Like, really? And how many of you know I have my Bible here in my memory? Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be reading from verse 5 to verse 13. I know that for sure these words, most of you, or not like the majority of you, like I think that you are familiar with these words. These are the words of the one that he, he's worthy to be heard. The words of Jesus Christ. And here Matthew chapter 6, we have Jesus Christ speaking to the disciples, to the crowds, and he's bringing these wonderful words. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to verse 13. Jesus Christ said, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their rewards in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God, this is our prayer tonight. If there is one prayer that we should pray, God, this is the prayer that you have given us. And we make this our prayer tonight, God. We make this our prayer, God, for actually this year of 2018. Now that we are at the end of the first month, we make this, God, our prayer for this entire year, God. We want to hear your voice. We want, God, to obey your voice. And as we have proclaimed here with this prayer, you are our Father who is in heaven. And here we are, God, to worship you. Hallowed be your wonderful name, God. And we want to ask you, please, God, come with your kingdom. Come with your will, God. As it is in heaven, here on earth, here in Toronto, here in Scarborough, here in our midst, here in Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, here in our community, we want to ask you, please, God, come with your kingdom and with your will, God, being done in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray to you. May you say amen. I was thinking like just coming for this, for these nights with all of you. And I was thinking about like a sermon to preach tonight. And I don't know about you, but sometimes like we as pastors, like Pastor Nick, myself, Pastor Yanni, Bria, Pastor Lisa, and all the others as well as they come here, Pastor Tina, Pastor Mike Khan, we are always like praying God. What's your will, God? 
What's the word that you want actually to bring to our own lives? And then what's the word that you want actually for us to, as you're doing in our own lives, that we want to proclaim also to others? And, and let me be honest with you, like if there's... Uh, all of us, like, then we go on and we study the Bible and we study, like, a lot of commentaries. We study, we study different theologians that they have, like, different things, thinkings about the Bible, th different thoughts about the Bibles. And through all of these, like, we come, like, through sermons. And actually, if there is, like, a sermon that is the most famous sermon in the world, this is the words that we're reading right now. There is no better sermon to be preached, actually, than the sermon of Jesus Christ himself. Do you agree with me? Like we can have like many sermons, many preachers, many theologians, many churches all around the world. And this is all good. And this is how God he works. But if there is like one sermon that is worthy to be preached, it is the sermon of Jesus Christ. And this is what we're reading right now. Like actually this passage, this small passage, Matthew chapter 6 from verse 5 to 13. It is a passage that is, a passage that is included in the sermon on the mounts. The famous Sermon on the Mount. I always like, uh, I kind of like make a joke this with our youth. That I, I tell them, like nowadays it is really like a, a lot of people, they like spoken words, right? I don't know if you have seen that. But spoken words, like you have some people that they have this wonderful gift. That uh, they, they can even like, it's, it's kind of like a poem. That they use this poem, poem like in a, in, a, in a spoken way. So they, they, they have these spoken words that they're beautiful. But there's... The best spoken words ever that was even like given to humanity ever, ever in all the history. It is these words here, the spoken words of Jesus Christ. The Sermon on the Mount, the beautiful sermon that when we go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7, we have here the Sermon on the Mount. And actually here, this passage that we just read, chapter 6 from verse 5 to 13 this is for some of the commentaries that I was reading. Like They say that so this is the central element of the whole Sermon on the Mount. So if you want to have like a glimpse of what, it, what is the contents of the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, 6, and 7 of the Gospel of Matthew, here, this passage that we just read, this is the central element. This is the, the passage that actually brings to unity all the things that was said in chapter 5 and also everything that Jesus Christ is continues saying in chapter 7 as well. It is this passage here, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, like it is well known all over the world, like throughout the whole history, actually parts of our heritage, like actually Christianity, we have, like, as a foundation, the Lord's Prayer. The Nicene Creeds that we follow, like, it goes through also the words of Jesus Christ in the Lord's Prayer. And these words here, it is the words that we need to understand to our own lives. But I was thinking about the Lord's Prayer. I don't know about you, but, like, I grew up in an environment that I, I used to recite even the Lord's Prayer. I remember, like, over there in Brazil, uh, when I was in school... Every single week, like, we should go to school, and, and we, we used to sing the hymn, the national anthem. But also, with the national anthem, we would go, and with the religious class that we would have, always, always, always the Lord's Prayer was a prayer that we would recite. And I grew up in this way, and it is good for us to recite, it is good for us to have this repetition. But I was always asking, what's the reason, what's the purpose for the Lord's Prayer? How should I understand and actually have the Lord's Prayer as part of my own life? 
And there is one theologian called Scott McKnight that he wrote like a, a book review, like that he was going deep on the Lord's Prayer actually. And in Scott McKnight, he said that the Lord's Prayer needs to be the model, the guide, and the way we pray. The Lord's Prayer is the model, is the guide, and also the way how we are supposed to pray. But if this is not simply like some words that I'm supposed to recite, but more than that, like the words that I should live for, the words that, that I have this as my model, my guide, the way of my life, how I'm going to build my life on through the Lord's of prayer. The first question that we might ask is, but what's prayer then? What is prayer? What is prayer? We always use this word, this word prayer, 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 but what is prayer? And before like, we just like, go to what actually is prayer, like an affirmative sentence that can define prayer, let me just like, first of all like, bring to you what is not prayer. And here Jesus Christ, he tells us that actually there are two things that are not prayer at all. He says here in this passage, here, chapter 6, verse 5, the first thing he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. So the first thing that we need to realize is that prayer is not like what the hypocrites they used to do. And let me tell you like what they used to do. Like the, these hypocrites that he's talking about, actually, it is religious leaders, Pharisees, some people of God, people that they knew about God's words, people that they were serving to God's word, people that they were recognized by the society as men that they had the control, they had the knowledge of God's word. But these hypocrites, they had a custom, a tradition that it wasn't good at all. They used to get all this knowledge. And instead of like seeking God for who he was and having their hearts connected with God. No, they would go to public, public places. And then they would go, with, go on and on praying. God, thank you so much because you have given me, given me all this knowledge. I have all this wisdom that you have given me. And now people, they can see that, how different I am, how perfect I am, how you have saved me. It, it is all this, it's, it, it is so evident in my own life. And these hypocrites, they would go on and on and on more to be seen by others than actually to be seen by God. So the first thing that we need to realize about prayer, that prayer is not what I do with others, to others, so others they can see. I can do with others, of course. But the focus, the goal of prayer is not others. It's not what they're thinking of me, how pretty my words are. How actually knowledgeable I am, like in other people's eyes. How wise I might seem to others. No, prayer is not that. So the first thing, do not be like the hypocrites. But also Jesus said later on in verse 7, but also do not be like what? Like the pagans. Because these pagans, they keep like babbling words and words and words because they want to be heard. And do you know, like, actually, we, we got to go back to the history here and try to understand the context. And these pagans that Jesus Christ is talking about, they were not Christians. Actually, in the Roman Empire, like, you had the people of God, the people of Israel, the Israelites, but also you had others, Gentiles. All those nations that they were all there like in the Roman Empire. And all of these pagans that they were not 
followers of Yahweh. They were not followers of the God of Israel. They would see, okay, yes, there is this God of Israel, but I also see other different temples. I see the temple of, for Artemis. I see all these other temples here. Like, and people, there, they're worshiping these different gods. So these pagans, in a way that they could feel like safe for themselves, do you know what they used to do? They used to get like all these gods here and they would say like, okay, so in order for me, I don't know who is, who is awake right now, like which god is awake at this moment. But in order for me just to be covered by my whole life, I'm going to pray to all of them. So they used to, they used to pray for God of Israel, for, for the God of Hindus, for the God of uh, Buddhists. For all of the gods, for Allah, for all of them, all together. And they, they, they would pray to all of them. So perhaps one of them is awake and one of them for sure is going to bless me. It's going to bless my family. And they keep like babbling words and words. They thought that this repetition, like mechanic repetition of saying all of these, all the names, all their needs, constantly, perhaps they would be heard. And this is what Jesus Christ is saying here. Prayer is not about that. Don't be like them. Why? Because prayer is not about the amount of words that I use. That I got to be like a lot of them. Or also like myself trying to see like, okay, so how can I cover my life with all the gods that I see in my own life here? And then now, okay, I'm going to worship all of them. I'm going to try to bring like a mix of all of them. And perhaps something good is going to come up. And you know what? Like perhaps this seems like foreign for you, but... Nowadays, many of us, we live in this way. I don't know what you're saying. Like, no, we only simply, like, worship our God. It is for him. Like, we declare our God is greater. Our God, he's, he's all wonderful. Like, we, we worship him. He's the only one. Yeah, yeah, we say this. But have you ever, like, heard some Christians, like, saying, ah, oh, but you know, you know what, like, uh, how do you say horoscope? Uh, the, the, sign, uh, the signs. Do you say signs? Uh, if you're like, to, uh, according to the month that you have been born, how do you say that? Horoscope. horoscope. Okay, horoscope. Okay, that's a, a new word that I have learned in English now. Horoscope. <laughs> have you seen like some Christians that, okay, yes, I worship God, but man, this horoscope, like it works. And so people, they read and, and they live by that. As like, okay, these words that I'm reading here, it's going to create like any good effects in my own life. But let me tell you something. If I'm doing this, I'm being like these pagans. That I think like, oh yes, God, I'm, I'm covered with you. But perhaps I can go on and I can try like other different things as well. No, now like, now, 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 now the, 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 new, the new thing that we have nowadays, in our contemporary days, it is like a, the vibe. Like I, I got to have this good vibe. So I got to seek for this vibe. And then someone like it is offering you like, no, see like this diamond or, or, or this... Uh, I don't know, like a crystal is going to be good for you. Just put this in your house and you're going to see everything's going to be clear. Feng Shui, like, oh, perfect. It's okay, put all of this in your house. Yeah, now it's making sense. And perhaps like you are, you are opening up yourself for something that is not from God. And he is the only one that deserves to be praised, to be worshipped. So do not be like them. Prayer is not like the hypocrites that they're trying to show themselves, like, okay, I yeah, see how good I am. Or like also these pagans, that they're just like trying to cover everything, but they don't actually have a connection and intimacy with me. And that's when we can come to them, okay, so what is prayer then? How we're supposed to understand prayer? And prayer is really simple. Pastor Nick, see if you like my, my definition here. Prayer is simply talking to God and hearing from God. Prayer is simply talking to God 
But this is not a monologue that you have. It's not like, okay, just you speaking and, and no one is returning to you. No, no, we, we worship a living God. And prayer is talking to God, but also hearing from God. Augustine, one of the fathers of the Christian church, one of the fathers of our church after Jesus Christ, Augustine, he said that true whole prayer is nothing but love. Let me say this again. True whole prayer is nothing but love. So if it is love, we need to understand something. Love, it is a relationship. If I love, I am connected to someone. I cannot say that I love my wife, but I don't have a relationship with my wife. If I love, I, I, I act upon that. So if prayer is love, prayer is a love relationship. It's an enduring, continuing, growing love relationship with the great God of the universe. This is the relationship that we've got to have. And overwhelming love invites a response. If I love, like I, I need to respond to that. And loving is the syntax of, lo of prayer. To be effective prayers, we need to be effective lovers. And that's why I said prayer is talking to God and hearing from God. Why? Because this is relationship. This is the intimacy that we're supposed to have. Where we talk to God and we can hear from God. And if we go to the Bible, this is what we see in the whole Bible. The mission of God was always intended in that way. Seeing the Old Testament to the New Testament. See like in the beginning of creation, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they were created by God, and they had this purpose to subdue, to rule over creation. But this was not their main goal. Their main goal was to have a relationship with God. Every single day, Adam and Eve, they had their prayer. What was their prayer? God himself, he was there in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And this, is, was, this was their relationship. This was their prayer. Why? Because they could talk to God and they could hear God's voice. They could speak, but also hear Him. And all the things, how they were able to rule, how they were able to subdue, how they were able to govern here on earth, like, was according to what, how they were able to hear God's voice and His instructions to their lives. And you know what? Like, since fall, this is what God has done. Since the fall... God's mission is to reconcile us back so we can come back to Him and we can hear His voice. We can understand that He made us in His likeness, in His image. So we can have this deep relationship, this deep intimacy. And then through prayer, talking to God and hearing His voice, then we can understand His mission. How He wants to make us perfect. How He wants to make us back in the original states that He created us. In His likeness. In His image. And we cannot go through like actually the natural, the, the sinful nature that we have with us. Why? Because we understand that prayer is a relationship. And we ignite this relationship. We work on this relationship. Every single day we go on like developing this relationship. It is a deep relationship that we need to have with God. And you know what? Like this is what Jesus Christ is saying. This is what Jesus Christ is saying. And tonight, actually, I want to say just one thing to you. There are many things that we can go on, like in the Lord's Prayer. Actually, like I, I remember that I haven't even like preached one sermon. Only with the first two words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father. Why? Because it is so vast. There are so many things that Jesus Christ is trying to teach us here. But you know what? Like Jesus Christ, he wasn't the one that he simply talked, but he didn't walk the talk. 
No, no, Jesus Christ, he, he talked and also he walked to what he was, was talking. He was always acting upon like what he was talking. And that's why like actually this is not an option for us. Let me, let me tell you something. God brought you here tonight. And God, he wants to speak it to you tonight because he wants you to realize that the answer for everything in your life relies on himself. And in your relationship with God. And that's why prayer is fundamental, is essential to our lives. This is not an option. And why I'm saying that this is not an option? Because here Jesus Christ, he said that. Verse 5, 6, and 7, he said what? And when you pray. He's not saying, and if you pray. It's not like, okay, so should I have this option in my life? No, no. You've got to understand something. You are my son and my daughter. You were created for a higher purpose. And I want to have intimacy with you. Because only when you come to me and you have this intimacy with me, then you will realize what is the mission that I have for you. So when you pray, when you pray, we need to come to God and we need to pray to God. We need to have this wonderful relationship with God. Bonhoeffer, that he wrote this book called The Cost of Discipleship. A very famous book. Pastor Nick, do you know this book? The Cost of Discipleship. Bonhoeffer, he was a very famous theologian. Very famous preacher, actually. That he got really famous. Why? Because actually Bonhoeffer, he was a German man. That he lived during the days of Hitler. And Bonhoeffer, he was the one that he was being used by God to actually take a lot of people that they were in, German, in Germany to other countries. He, he, he was used by God just to take all these refugees to go to these other countries. And he could see a lot of atrocities. He saw a lot of destruction in those days. And he wrote this book called this, The Cost of Discipleship. And he's reflecting on the relationship that we've got to have with God. And Bonhoeffer, he says, prayer is the supreme instance of the hidden character of Christian life. Prayer is the supreme instance of the hidden character of Christian life. The Christian life is all about prayer. And again, Jesus Christ, he didn't simply say, now I'm giving you this sermon, and wonderful, later on I'm going to get my 12 disciples, I'm going to go home, and then, okay, we're going to just chill, and we're not praying. No, Jesus Christ, he was the one that he was always praying. Again, he, simply, he didn't simply talk the talk, he walked the talk. And how we see these Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Remember, like many, many times, Jesus Christ with his disciples, with the crowds, what did he do? He left the crowds, he left everyone, and he went up to the mountains. To what? To pray. Jesus Christ, he was praying. But then the question comes here, and we need to answer this question. But why Jesus Christ prayed? Why did Jesus Christ pray? Jesus Christ was fully God, but fully man. But he was fully God. Did he need to pray? Was there a need for Jesus Christ to pray? Did he need, like, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God's mission, God on earth here, to reconcile us back to him, to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus Christ, who made all the miracles, like, you could see that through his ministry, a lot of miracles. Wonderful, wonderful teacher. Why did, did, did there was a need for Jesus Christ to pray? Did he have to pray? And we need to answer this question. We as a Christians, we need to understand this. Why? Because this is essential to how we live in our own lives. 
Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ, he had to pray. It was essential for Jesus Christ to pray. Oh, well, what are you saying, Lucas? No, I'm, I'm saying that for Jesus Christ's mission on earth, for his ministry on earth, if he didn't pray, he wasn't able to fulfill his mission. Oh, no, come on, come on. Like, this is a heresy. What are you saying here? Let me try to explain to you. And this is not a heresy. This is biblical. The Apostle Paul, what did he say in Philippians, Philippians chapter 2? Here this morning, we're, we're reading about this, this, uh, this passage. That Jesus Christ, he didn't show equality with God. Jesus Christ being like divine God here on earth. Like he didn't show equality to God. But he humbled himself. He humbled himself. And why I'm saying that Jesus Christ he had to pray. Because this is the beautiful understanding that we got to have about the Trinity. And here like this is so essential because the Trinity comes to place here through Jesus Christ's prayer. Jesus Christ had to go to the mountains because over there Jesus Christ. That the one that he didn't show equality to God. The one that he humbled himself, he went there to pray. Why? Because then he was talking to his father, Godfather. And then he was hearing the voice of God, Godfather. And the direction of Godfather, the mission that Godfather had for him here on earth. He chose that, Jesus Christ. It was his choice. Even being God, he chose that. And then hearing like the voice in the direction of God the Father, he was empowered by God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of him so that he could go down there. He could go back to his disciples. He could go to the crowds. He could go to his mission. He could go to all the cities. And he could proclaim God's words. He could do God's mission. And this is so, so beautiful because our view of the Trinity changes drastically from there. That Jesus Christ himself, he was the one he was trying to tell us here. I depended on prayer with my God. And I want you also to depend on prayer with God as well. Because it is the same for us. If Jesus Christ, he had to go to God the Father. So God the Son had to speak with God the Father. Hear God the Father. And then empowered by God the Spirit, he could do God's, God's mission. It is the same with us that we are here, the church. We can come to God the Father. We can speak to God the Father. And through our mediator, Jesus Christ, God the Son, we can hear back from God the Father. And being empowered by the God the Spirit in us temple of the Holy Spirit that we are, we can go on and we can do God's mission. This is the view that we got to have about prayer. This is why this is so, 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 so essential. But then the final question that I want to answer with all of you, and I want to finish with this. But why, why should we pray? If even like Jesus Christ here, he says that all the words that come there out, out, of our, out of our mouth, like he already knows them. Verse 8, he says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So why, why, should, we, why should we ask him? Why should we ask him? He knows already like, all the things in my life. And let me say something for you. We pray not so we can speak to him. We pray so we can hear his voice. We pray not simply so we can come and we can speak to him, because he already knows all of that. But the problem is, do we recognize his voice? Do we know him? He knows us. But do we know him? And that's why we pray every single day. That's why we got to go on like in day and night. So we need to have a relationship with our father. 
where we, where we can speak to him, yes. But more than that, where we can just like be in tuned with his vision, with his mission, with his purpose. Where he can speak to us, yes, son, yes, daughter. I know that you are a little bit afflicted. I, I know that you're going like through some struggles. And for you, it's been like tough just to go on like with your own feelings and emotions and try to wrap up like everything that is going on with you. But let me tell you something. I am with you. And I want you to understand that I'm your light, I'm your salvation, I'm your stronghold, and I'm, I'm just like making the way for your life. I have my perfect ways for you. And then he starts to speak life to us. Why? Because we simply came to him and said, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. My father, our father who is in heaven, I want to worship you. Hallowed be your name, God. But I want to ask you, come with your kingdom. Come with your will here in my life. And he does that in an incredible way, in a perfect way, in a beautiful way. Let me finish just with this story to all of you. I just came back from Brazil now, like uh, it's been two weeks. And I spent like pretty much three weeks in Brazil. It was a wonderful time with, with our family. I could see some friends there as well. I, and I had the privilege also like just preaching some churches over there, including my home church. It was a beautiful moment. And I remember like as in my home church, before the, the young adults pastor, he's a good friend of mine. He invited me to, to preach over there for the young adults. And he said, Lucas, also I want to ask you something. We, we are like in this new campaign right now that, that, that we, we're just like praying to God. For 21 days, like we're coming here to church and we're praying to God. Because we want actually to start this year like in a new way. And, and, and we want to hear from God's voice. And just so you can also know about this. Brazil right now, like, it's a beautiful country. Brazil is the eighth largest economy in the world. But also Brazil in these last years, like, we're facing a huge political and economic crisis. Huge, huge. If you read a little bit of the news, like, you're going to see that. Our, our president, she was impeached a couple of years ago. Like, and, and from all of that, like, a, a lot of scandals, a lot of corruption. Many things, like, going on. And even, like, people that they have lost jobs in these last years. And through all of this, like, I can see that in Brazil, like, it's been, like, growing more and more. Like, we have seen a revival where people, they are awakened. People, they are seeking more and more God. And God is doing, like, incredible things over there. And this friend of mine, he said, like, can you please just, like, come to one of our prayer nights? And it was, like, simple. They were praying at church from uh, 10.45 to 11.45 p.m. So, 10.45 p.m., to 11.45. Just one thing that is also cultural. In Brazil, like, people, they don't go to bed early. They, they go pretty late. So, like, usually we have, we have supper at 9 o'clock or something. So it's, it's quite late. So 10.45 to 11.45. So one day I went to church. When I got there, it was all dark. Imagine, like, our church here, like, okay, yes, 10.45. Nobody's here. It's all dark. And I said, okay, so there, there's anyone there? When I got into the auditorium, like this one that we were here, I could hear, like, a lot of people just, like, praying, praying, praying. But I couldn't see anything. Like, it was, it was pitch, like, black, dark, dark, dark. Couldn't see. It wasn't, like, there were no lights at all. So I got there, and I was praying to God as well. As soon as we finished, like, after this one hour, like, we all get, get together. And there were, like, a, there approximately, like, 120 people. They were all seeking God. They were all seeking God. 
And when I saw like all these people like seeking God, I, I asked this friend of mine, wow, man, this is, this is so incredible. This is going on like every single night. And he told me like, no, Lucas, actually like this is, uh, the, all the other nights we're having like pr pretty much like 200 people. And tonight we had like 100, 120 or something. But we're having like a lot of people that are coming here to worship God. It wasn't, it wasn't because it is, it's a, a new song. It's a new type of music. It wasn't because, like, it's a wonderful speaker or, or what. It wasn't, it wasn't because, like, they were seeking for what's a, the new movement in the city. It wasn't because, like, oh, yes, uh, this is a strategy that they have, and this is uh, an organizational or ministry stuff. Like, no, it wasn't about that. It was simply because people, they were thirst to seek God's presence. They were hunger for God's presence. And you know what? Like, if we start seeking God, and if we start praying to God, he will manifest his kingdom in his will. And as we were saying here before, your kingdom, God, your will, God, be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we can see this reality. We might see this reality. Toronto will be changed when we understand that it is not about the strategy that we have with us. It's not about like the words that we're trying just to convince others. We cannot convince anyone. Only the Holy Spirit is able to convince. But when we come together, when we bow down in his presence and say, God, we need to depend on you. Please, God, come with your presence. Whatever it is the cost for that, we want your presence. We want your will being done here in our midst, God. We want to serve you. No matter the cost, he will do great things. And I know he has already like, done great things in your life, but he wants to continue doing these great things in our lives. Can you close your eyes for a second? In light of these words tonight, I feel compelled to ask you. I feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to ask you to simply reply to God's love. As Augustine has said, prayer, true, whole prayer is nothing but love. How's your love with your Father? And I want to ask you right now where you are between you and God. If you need to come back like to the heart of prayer. To the hearts where the relationship that you have with him. The love relationship is the priority of your life. Is the main thing that you're living for. But he's, hearing, he's hearing you. You simply need to speak. You simply need to make your own decision to God. He is hearing you and he wants to speak back to you. He wants to tell you that he loves you so much. That he brought you here because he wants to change you. He doesn't want you to go on and live a life that is simply with a routine. That you go with your, to your job, you go to your family, you do all your stuff, all your things, all your activities, all your program, all the schedule, the busy schedule that you might have. But then he is the last one that perhaps, if I have some time available, I'll work on. No, he wants to be the priority of our lives. And prayer is nothing but this love relationship that we might have with our Father. 
So if you want this to your life, just say this to him. Just make a commitment right now. I was saying, God, I, I, I want to actually devote myself to get to know you more. To speak to you every single day, God. To go in this wonderful relationship with you that every single day I seek your face. I seek your presence. Speak to him. Tell him. Tell him that you want to be raised as a pillar here in our community, in our church. Where you pray for your life, for your family, for our community, for others. So his kingdom and his will will be done. Dear God, thank you so much for this night. And we're not simply speaking about you. We're not talking about you, God. No, no, God. We are in your presence. And as you have said to us through Jesus Christ, through God the Son, we want to engage in this intimacy with you. We need you so much. Forgive God. As the Lord's Prayer says, Forgive God, our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Forgive our transgressions. Forgive our sins. Forgive our iniquities, God. As we also love others and we forgive others in the same way. Please forgive us, God. Forgive what we have done in the past. Forgive that we, you haven't been the priority of our lives. We haven't focused our lives to seek you every single day. But you are showing up to us. And you are here, God, and you want to reveal yourself to us. You want to come with your kingdom. You want to come with your will. You want to come with a name that is above all other names, God. The name that every knee shall bow, God. Every knee shall confess, God, that you are Lord. So we want to ask you, please, God, just reveal yourself to us. Come with your kingdom. Come with your will. We want to experience, God, your presence in our midst. We want to live for your presence, God. We want to live for your will, God, being done here on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see our lives being changed. We want to see our community being changed. We want your kingdom of deliverance, of salvation, of justice, of joy, of love, God, being overwhelmed in our midst, God. We want to see our days being changed. We want to see a new community, God. We want to see a new Toronto, God. Where people, they are not simply seeking all the gods like the pagans. No, God, when they come to realize that you are the only true God. And you are worthy to be praised. Oh, God, we want to ask you, please, God, come with a new revelation of who you are, God. Come, God, bring your sorrow to our lives, God. So we can understand that without you, we are nothing. We are nothing, and you are the reason of our lives. You are the reason of our lives, God. You are the way, the true, and the life. Only in you we can have abundant life. So please, God, just raise us here. We might be a few, but a few with others, with others. A great army will be raised, and we know that throughout the whole city, now we are here worshiping you, but we know that right now at this moment, you have raised also fires, God, flames all over this city, and we want to partner with our brothers and sisters from different denominations, from different churches, but we want to see our city being changed. We want to see your kingdom being come here, God, to this place. We want to see, God, a new God beginning for us our city. And if you impact Toronto, you impact the world, God. So please, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray to you, God. And we know that you have done amazing things and you will do so much more of what we have asked or praised or, or, or prayed to you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. May you say amen. May you say amen.